Tanaka. And Dr. Kyle Dumpert. And we have the pleasure of having um, a really special guest here, uh, a financial professional. He, you know, we, we discussed this and he said, that's what they're doing now, a financial professional. <laughs> so, uh, Mr. Jonathan Brown, what is going on, sir? Oh, fellas, thanks for having me today. I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, good, brother. Thank you for have, for coming on, honestly. Sure. Yeah, tell Absolutely. us about yourself. Yeah, um, ultimately, I am uh, the CEO of the Brown Services Group, LLC, a uh, financial services company, uh, servicing uh, several different states and jurisdictions. So uh, California, Texas, New Jersey, Florida, Virginia, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, and the District of Columbia. Um, I have my Series 7 and my 66 licenses, uh, so I operate as both a broker and a financial advisor, and uh, I am a proud graduate of Howard University, go Bison, <laughs> and uh, also the University of Virginia uh, Graduate uh, School of Management, uh, Darden Business School, so Wahoo as well. Okay, well, let's actually start by what you just said. You said broker and financial advisor. Can you explain to us the difference and why having both would actually be beneficial for somebody to have? Well, for me to operate um, structured-wise, you can either provide advice or you can actually do the trading. So back in the 80s, remember stockbroker? was a real term. Nowadays, brokers are the ones that do the trading, they're licensed to do trading on behalf of other people, okay, okay and, and uh, get paid for it. And uh, a financial advisor is someone who provides advice and gets paid for it. So a lot of times I have clients that... Um, I not only provide advice to, but I also execute the trades for. Okay. And, uh, you know, that's kind of a distinguishing factor there. Um, the Series 7 allows you to do the actual transaction. Okay. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm very excited about this, actually, uh, because what we're going to talk about today is just, you know, a lot of dentists fool themselves into thinking that they know what their risk tolerances, right? What, what we can handle, right? Because as dentists, we open the practice and we're taking a lot of risk on. So we think, hey, listen, we're entrepreneurs. We can take on a lot of risk. But after talking to you, I've learned that just because you have a practice doesn't, doesn't mean that you tolerate risk very well. Mm, right? That's, uh, that's exactly <laughs> it. Uh, I have worked with a couple of uh, dentists in my time and uh, some will swear up and down <laughs> that they are, you know, a conservative person. Um, and I'm glad that you said that, you know, that portion about becoming an entrepreneur, because they sometimes overlook that as if that's not taking risk, but it is. Mm -hmm. And then I have people that swear that they're ultra aggressive, <laughs> you know, but then when it comes to their money, they say, hey, 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 no, 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 I, <laughs> I, I, I want to keep this, you know, I want to keep this safe, you know? Right. So you, you definitely have this dichotomy and you have to ask yourself, you know, how is it that people are so unaware of where they really are from a risk tolerance level? 
See, and and that's exactly why you're coming on, um, because after having the discussion with you, I figured, okay, I'm probably not the only one that doesn't know where my risk tolerance is, right? So what we're gonna do is we're gonna just break it down, and you're gonna just break it down piece by piece on how you advise your clients to learn what their risk tolerance is. That's right. Okay. Okay. So um, I was gonna ask, can we actually try to do a exercise? Can we actually yeah. go ahead? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you can't even really open an account for a client without identifying their risk tolerance. And what we mean by that, there are a lot of different kinds of risk. And when you say risk to people, they automatically associate it with maybe more of a negative connotation. Uh, but every investment requires a level of risk. And it's important for people to understand that, you know, that risk level and tolerance varies from person to person. So there's market risk. You know, there's credit risk, there's liquidity risk, operational risk, legal risk, political risk. There's all kinds of different risks. And therefore, each investor must be aware of what kind of risk they are exposing themselves. Um, So what I'd like to do is kind of game show style this conversation going forward and uh just ask you a bunch uh you 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 folks a bunch of questions and uh tally up the scores let's see you know let's see what your risk tolerance is but just out of curiosity before we start this if you are open to it would you approximate your you know risk tolerance before the exercise on a range or a scale of let's say like one to 10 with one being, you know, a very conservative point of view on, on money. And, Mm. you know, on the other end, 10 being very, very aggressive growth. Hmm. Okay. Just Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I'll do that. Um, I guess I'll go first. Uh, I'm going to put myself probably like a, like a seven. Okay. Okay. So Walter's a seven. I am a seven. I'd go with a four for myself. Okay. And Dr. Okay. D- the funny thing is Dr. Dumpert has a practice that he bought at, he bought and uh built up and everything. So so he, he has taken risk before. So to put himself oh, at a I, four I, I take a lot of risk. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and and he surfs. I, he surfs and everything, I, you know, so I surf, I, I I do a lot of risky stuff. I mean <laughs> several motorcycle accidents. I, I I I've had a lot of risk in my life. But with money, it's different because I work really hard for that money and I don't want anybody to take it away from me. So I, I feel like my financial risk, I really got to understand something before I throw money at it. Uh, so that's, that's a little bit of personal stuff about me, but that's why I, I like, I, I put myself at a four. All, anyway. right. all right, Mr. Brown, go ahead and let's, let's do this. No. Um, all right. Let's, uh, let's, let's try and get into it. So I'm going to keep score on my end. Okay. You don't okay. necessarily have to keep score yourself, but really your answers are going to be either one, two, three, or four. Okay. It's going to okay. be that easy for you. Cool. You know, it's multiple All right. choice. Okay. All right. So let's try and glide through the first part about time horizon as best we can. But obviously we're going to have to have a age bucket for you. So I don't know your ages actually. Is it 20 to 35, you know, 36 to 45, 46 to 55, 56 plus. All of you look 
56 plus to me, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm just taking a guess. I, I, I will say that uh, the, the kids age me, but uh, 38 for me. So 46 to what? Um, so 36 to what? 45 is what you said? Yeah, 36 to 45. That's my range. I, I am 34. Okay, so you are in the younger bucket. Okay. I mean, so, right, so, so am I, but you know, you know how it is. <laughs> <laughs> At least I feel young. So, <laughs> so, so why is that important? Because we are looking for, you know, how far away from retirement you guys really are. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's why we're asking. It is fundamental to the process of risk threshold. The longer you have till you retire, you know, theoretically, the more time you have for things to grow. Right. And perhaps either you can take more risk or less risk with that. Right. And by the way, all of this comes down to planning. This helps you plan. This is just simply a planning tool. Um, so just moving on, and, and hopefully by the end of this, anytime you talk to an advisor, when you talk to an advisor, you'll have a better idea of where your risk threshold is to have a more substantive conversation with them in the first place. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, So the the primary goal, primary financial goal, that's question number two. Is it wealth preservation? Is it retirement planning or wealth accumulation? And I will define these for you. You can phone a friend, okay? You can phone me as a friend. I'm so, gonna, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, as, as you're listing these, you're listing them in the the one, two, three order, so the listeners can uh, yes. kind of tally this up themselves. Yes, that's right. That's right. So wealth preservation's number one, retirement planning's number two, and wealth accumulation's number three. I'm going with number three for myself. I want to accumulate wealth. Me too. All right, we have a consensus now. Retirement planning, just so that you understand. That is when you are really getting down to your final years before you try to retire. You know, that last 10 years or so, uh, people generally start to try to retire around 59, 60 years old. So maybe that last 10 years, you really want to start to focus on planning. And maybe you back off the pedal a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you take your foot off the gas a little bit more. But, you know, wealth preservation is simply I already have all the money I need. I'm just trying to preserve it. I'm just you trying know? to keep up with that inflation rate. So I don't That's lose right. any there of it. There you go. There you go. Got it. <laughs> got it. <laughs> and so and so the last one is the time frame you have for achieving this goal. And so for both of you, just to try and scoot through, uh, answer one would be zero to five years. Answer two would be five to 10 years and answer three would be 10 years plus anybody here on the, on the podcast plan on retiring in the next five to 10 years. No, nah, nah, I don't see that happening. I mean, no, I like, I, I like what happen. I do. So no, I don't see me retiring. Okay. So we're, we're both, everybody's going with number three for that. Yeah. 10 plus. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Now, we're going to go into our goals. Now, Now you said, you said that you both want wealth accumulation, but there's certain, there's certain goals in the meantime. So um, which one des- best describes your you know, financial goal? Preserving the capital, number one, preserving the capital and earning a moderate amount of 
income. Number two, generating a high current income. Number three, generating some current income and growing assets over an extended period of time. Or number four, growing assets substantially over a extended time frame. Oh, um, for me, I mean, I, I guess I want to grow assets. I'm going to say, oh, man, I want to make a lot of money now so that <laughs> later on I can continue to build my assets. So I'm going to say number three. I, I was also going to say number three. Okay, so so you want a little blend. You want the some current income mm-hmm. and then growing assets over time. Absolutely. Correct. Yeah, yep. Oh. All right. No problem. Uh, did Dr. Dennis just join us as well? You know, we tr- we try not to we try not to put him out like that, but yes, he just joined. <laughs> Greetings and salutations, and gentlemen. There, there, I uh, know, only twenty minutes late, but it's all good. Well, you know, I <laughs> we, yeah, we wouldn't. I didn't read. I didn't read that text correctly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, let's just continue to keep going, and Dr. Dennis will just listen. <laughs> yeah, I'll, take, I'll have to catch up. <laughs> Yeah, we can we can we can catch him up real quick. Okay, so uh, Dr. Dennis, you're about how how old are you? I'm, I'm gonna be 42 next month. So he ow. falls he falls in the same range as I do. Ow, ow, 42. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm Generation X, young sprout. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so I, I'm giving out questions. I mean, I'm giving out options. Uh, you're gonna say answer number one two or three it's like multiple choice okay gotcha and, and and another question was uh we only got three questions done so far so oh or okay nice. so far so what's your primary financial goal would it be number one wealth preservation number two retirement planning or number three wealth accumulation let's go with two all right and then uh, what time frame do you have for achieving these goals? Uh, number one, zero to five years. Number two, five to ten years. Or number three, ten years plus. Number three. All right. All right. We're just about caught up. And now we were on question four, which is what describes your, you know, which, which one best describes your financial goals? And number one is preserving your capital and earning a moderate amount of income. Number two is generating a high amount of current income. Number three is generating some current income and growing assets over an extended time frame. Or number four, growing assets substantially over an extended time frame. And I think it's important to define income. That's what yeah, I think so, everybody needs to. Yeah. yeah, so you're talking about like the income that I currently already produce with my hands? Or are you talking about additional income? Additional income. And just to be clear, um, when you need income, okay, you can get it from assets. There are certain assets that you can, you know, kind of get paid and hold. Let's think about a house, okay? You have an investment property. Well, that investment property spins off income for you, theoretically, right? So... Mm -hmm. That's one way you get money from that investment. But if you wanted to, could you sell it and flip it? You know, like flipping houses and stuff like that. That is a totally different attitude about 
you know, about investment. And, uh, you know, that's basically saying you want to substantially grow it, you know, over an extended period of time. I want to flip this in, you know, two to five years or something like that. That's a totally different thing than saying, hey, I want this to be a part of my portfolio so that I can retire. Totally different. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you, what do you so think, So everybody, I believe Walter and Kyle are saying uh, number three. Yeah, a mixture yeah. of both. Oh, okay. I'm saying probably number one. Okay, so you, you want to preserve capital earning a moderate amount of income. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's just keep moving for now. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, Dr. Dennis, uh, before we started on a scale of one to 10, what do you think your, uh, you know, your risk threshold is now? Uh, like today or, just, or like, just in general, Gary. don't, bring, don't, don't do too like much. You already... COVID or post COVID. Listen, 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 you were, you were 20 minutes late to this. Don't, don't slow us down. All right. Just, I'm going to say low. Give us a number from one to 10. Yes. Yeah. 10 three, 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 okay. three, three being, being conservative, right? Yes. So Kyle yeah. said four okay. and I said seven. All right. No problem. No problem. All right. Let's keep moving. Because uh, I know we, we, we are still crunched for time. It's pretty late on the uh, East Coast, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So how do you how do you think your standard of living five years from now compares to would compare to today? Number one less than it is today. Number two, same as it is today. Number three, somewhat higher than it is today. Or number four, substantially higher than it is today. Well, can you define standard oh, of living? Jesus, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Come on. We have a 30-minute podcast. <laughs> you were that guy in class that was always raising right? his hands during exams, right? I, 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 not during the like, exam, on, man. but during class, for sure. <laughs> yeah, During the lecture. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm like, say, I think there's a typo on line four. <laughs> right. It doesn't you would, match. The, you would be. <laughs> PowerPoint would. slide number three. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to say substantial. I want, I want, I want, I want substantial. Uh, I'm okay. going to say four also. Yes. Four, substantially higher. <laughs> I'm living in a double wide. I got to, I got to bump it up at some point. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say two. The okay. same? The same right. as today. Okay. Yeah. All right. So here's here's the here's the follow up to that. Five years from now, you expect your portfolio value to be number one. Portfolio value is not my concern. I'm more concerned with current income. Number two, same as or slightly higher than it is today. Number three, greater than it is today. Or number four, substantially greater than it is today. Number four. Four. Substantially greater. Substantially greater for me too, and Gary, we don't, we can't define it. Gary, just pick. pick I'm gonna say number three. Okay, three. Okay, no problem, folks. No problem, folks. <laughs> I'm surprised Gary didn't say. Uh, can you please define greater than? Well, I, I didn't want you <laughs> yelling at me again, so I was like, let me just keep keep it moving. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. The next one should stump you a little bit. Okay. But generating current income from your portfolio is number one, a primary concern, or two, not important. Mm. 
Number one. Now let me let me be explicit. Okay. The only way it can be a primary concern is if you're about to retire. Mm. Uh, well, I guess then two. <laughs> Got to be number two because I don't think any of us are retiring anytime soon. Right. I mean, we think. Well, of, I could. think about it still. I mean, you could. Be. I was gonna yeah. say it you could technically be. could retire, but <laughs> yeah, you might still be in that double line. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle, we gotta get you in a double wide. <laughs> so okay, so everybody, you know, everybody gets a two for that one, yeah. okay? Mm-hmm. But do you see the distinction? Do you see why? Because when we talk about income and investment, it's because you need it now. Okay. You need it right now. There is no job. You're not working. You're not getting income anymore. What are you going to do gotcha. to get yeah. money? You have to find a way to get income. And your investments can provide that liquidity for you if you plan for it. But a lot of people listen to these questions about income and stuff like that. And they act like they need the income now. No, folks. You work. Mm-hmm. You work already. Mm-hmm. All right. That income is about when you don't work. Right. How do you how do you actually pay your bills without right. depleting your assets? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So okay, so so that's that's interesting, right? And so then the last one is uh uh with the income generated from your portfolio, you will do number one, use it for living expenses. That's exactly what we were just talking about. Number two. Use some of it and reinvest some of it, or number three, reinvest it all. I'm going to pull Gary here and say, "Is this my current portfolio or my <laughs> future portfolio?" <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. It's an excellent question. We won't go there, but <laughs> in this chat. <laughs> All right, are we are we talking are we talking about what does it look like after uh you know uh after uh, the stock market and everything was all glory before covid or after covid? Well, um I think we're talking about is it, is this my portfolio when I'm ready to retire? Cuz no, at that point I want to use it for Go ahead. You want today. You want today. today. Yeah, I want today. I want today. You got to know what okay, your okay. is today. All right, then three. I want to reinvest all of it. I want to reinvest too. I'm going with the same thing. Three. My goodness, all of this agreeability. And well, this is the first time. Argue. This is the well. <laughs> that was like the only question Gary agreed with us on. You know, really, the outlier is Gary. <laughs> all right. So so now we get the, so so. Let me add this up so far. See who's the front runner and stuff like that. All right, so we have nine for Walter. In section one, we have an eight for Gary. In section one, we have a 10 for Kyle in section one. Okay. Kyle was in the lead after age. Okay. Okay. Age got me. Okay. Young guy. All right, so then we have 11. We got a 16 in section two. For Walter, we got uh, 11 for Gary and Kyle 
We got uh, sixteen two. And and, and and John, what I what I want to do is I'm gonna um we'll, we'll talk off mic, but I want to try to see if maybe we can get these these questions available. So maybe there's like a link or something uh to, to for people if they want to reach out to you, maybe yep. they can get these questions from you. Yeah, I I would uh I'll do uh I'll do what we can so that we can do that. Right, no perfect. Yeah. So at the end, you just give us your information so that if anybody wants to reach out to you to get these questions and and, and talk more with you, then we can do that. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Absolutely. Yeah, because I want people to have as much fun as uh, Gary is having with this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm winning right now. You are <laughs> not on age. He not didn't say. Age. He didn't say that the high number is the winner. True words. <laughs> right now, we're you and I are both losing you know. on age. No, the, we're losing winner, on age. The winner is the one that accurately describes that, that was self-aware at the beginning. That's the winner. Well, that's not, the winner, right? Well, that's probably not me. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's number is going to be different. True words. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Th these are going to be vastly different, I think. So that's that's cool. Um, all right. Here's where here's where it gets really fun to me. Um, if you just received a large amount of money, how would you invest it? Number one, I would invest it in something that offered a moderate current income and was very conservative. Number two, I would invest it in something that offered high current income with a moderate amount of risk. Number three, I'd inv invested in something that offered a high total return, that's current income plus capital appreciation with a moderate, moderately high amount of risk. And then fourth, I would invest in something that offered substantial capital appreciation even though it has a high amount of risk. Hmm. Uh, I'm gonna say three. I, I was gonna say three also. Why do y'all cheat off each other's paper like that? I'm just saying. <laughs> that's, a, that's a University of Pittsburgh stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we, we did go to the same dental school. Uh, you saw our, our class. You, you have no idea how true that was. Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go uh, with number two. Started on that. Okay. Kyle, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. Just, just plead the fifth. Don't incriminate yourself. Or your uh, it's not me. <laughs> it wasn't me. Ahead, That's funny. You, you said number two, Gary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with number two. Shoot, pick class of 2013. You know who I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, my goodness. Anyway. All right, so so I just there was one term in there. Is everybody clear on what a uh, total return is in the first place? Okay, break that down real quick. Quickest way I can say it is, if a, if a stock goes up, that's called appreciation. Mm -hmm. If a stock pays a dividend, that's called income. Mm -hmm. When your stock appreciates in value, and it pays a dividend then the total amount of money is your total return. Mm, okay. Okay. Then that sounds mm -hmm. great. That's what you want. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. yeah right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I'm not sitting here saying it's a bad thing, but it's not the only thing out there, by the way. Right. Okay. Um, so next question. Which of the following statements best describes your reaction if the value of your portfolio were to suddenly decline by dun 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 fifteen percent. Shoot, I think we all saw it drop thirty percent there. <laughs> right. in, in <laughs> I, I know exactly oh, how I reacted to that. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> and then uh, this this podcast, you, you can swear you can swear if you want to on this podcast, but we'll try to we'll try to limit the swearing, guys. Yeah, I had to stop looking at the statements right for a while. <laughs> it's like I don't uh, need to see this. Shit. I, I, I think here, here we go. I think Gary got into uh, beer making after that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Number one, exactly. number one, I would be very concerned because I cannot accept fluctuations in my value. Mm. Number two, if the amount of income I received was unaffected, it wouldn't bother me. Number three, although I invest for the long term, even temporary declines would concern me. Or number four, because I invest for long term growth, I'd accept temporary fluctuations due to market influences. Number four. Yeah. Number All four. right. Um, that's, that, that's that young man mentality. But right. I, I just want to throw that out there. So you, you older guys, got to think about this a little bit. Right. I'm going with number four. I know, I know my answer, but I'm, I'm gonna let Walter uh, get his answer because I, I don't, you know, he might want to try to cheat. Right. And, <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, you know, you know, um, I'm gonna go with number two. I want to say that was the one that said, as long as my income doesn't change. As long as your income was unaffected. Yeah, I'm going to go with number two. Wow, because there's no income coming from it yet. Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, man, yeah. So you're basically looking at it from retirement point. Okay, well, then didn't four. Yeah, four it is. I'll stick with four. Four it is. Yeah, see, that's, that's I'm glad that you actually did that. That That's actually true because I'm looking at it different uh, in, a, in, in the wrong way. I'm glad no, I waited. You're looking at it in an honest way. You don't want to hear... Your account goes down. <laughs> you want to make sure that money's coming in. Two words. <laughs> Two words. But yes, okay, you're right. I'm going to go four. No problem. And Dr. Dennis, please f- clarify for us what, what the proper answer should have been there. Uh, well, honestly, I'm going to go with number three. Okay. Okay. You, so know. you would be concerned, though. You would be concerned. I would be. It, it definitely it would make me raise an eyebrow. If there is thirty percent loss in my retirement, <laughs> you know, you know, like I mean, it happened. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, it did. You know, I definitely raised the eyebrow. Like, mm, this, uh, this, this one, this needs to change. One, the first time you looked at it, just one eyebrow went up. Mine did. <laughs> but then it changed, yeah, and gotcha. and now and now I'm less concerned. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Well, well, all right. Let's let's just keep it moving. Um, it, these are these are fun too, but it's like basically a series of three questions, and we about we have about five left. By the way, we have about five left. So these three questions are kind of connected because the options don't change. Okay, so you're going to just get the same three options, but I want to distinguish some things along the way because there's subtle differences in the questions. Uh, two of them are obvious, but the other one is kind of subtle. So which of the following investments would you feel most comfortable owning? Number one, a CD from a bank. Number two, U.S. government security. Number three, a blue chip stock. Or number four, a stock in a growth company. I will, you can phone a friend on this one, y'all, but I'm talking about comfort. I'm talking about going to sleep at night and resting. 
That's can it be one. more than one answer to this? No, you have to say one. Oh. Can, can you uh, <laughs> give a Stop quick, at me. No. <laughs> quick general overview of, uh, so of, me, of the difference between each? You know, let's let's define this one. Let's 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 take a second, okay? So, a CD from a bank, okay? That's something that you can get, you know, at, at pretty much any retail bank location. Uh, they're offered in a wide variety of uh, methods, right? Um, they also carry a interest rate. That's why you do it. You invest it, and uh, that money, you know, kind of locks up at the bank uh you know it's not liquid anymore you have to wait for the cd to expire but they pay you maybe a couple of percent you know one two three maybe four you know but we're talking single digit returns there for sure mm -hmm. and um you know i think that it can change but that's what is kind of offered right now and I wouldn't necessarily say anything bad about it. It's 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 a very secure thing, you know. It's very secure, uh, but it's different than a U.S. government security. Okay, that's like you know treasury bills, treasury notes. You know they pay maybe slightly more, but they're you know you're going to get some income from it, but you're not necessarily going to see a whole lot of appreciation in either of those two assets, okay? Not huge, you know, nothing, nothing, uh, you know, nothing that's gonna break the bank right now, okay, in this climate, but very secure, very secure. How liquid? Um, the, well- The same as the CD? CDs is is different, but uh, a, a government security, you there there is a market for that. So you can actually buy and sell it, so you can buy into it and and you can liquidate it, you know, at your discretion. Gotcha. And, you know, within a, you know, within a maybe 48, 72 hours, something like that, you're, gotcha. you know, you're liquid. Okay. Um, so, so then there's number three, blue chip stocks. Okay. So blue chip stocks are mature companies. They may not very well be the highest growth they're established. So think about, you know, your largest companies out there. Talking like mm -hmm. Apple, Walmart, Amazon, things like that. Uh, kind of. But like Johnson like and Johnson. AT more like AT and T, Exxon. You know, okay. things that are on the Dow Jones Industrial. Right. You know. Okay. Um, and I do believe Apple has made that list. So mm -hmm. okay. you know, to your point, it's it's kind of there as a blue chip, but uh, you could argue they're still in growth phase right. since they're okay. in tech. Um, okay. But, uh, you know, they're a Warren Buffett stock, too. You know, he has invested in them in the past. So, you know, it's, like I said, pretty established. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. But those those are stocks that gen generally aren't going to, um, you know, they're, they're going to be solid financial companies, you know, uh, as far as, you know, their balance sheets, things like that. And they tend to pay a dividend. So that goes back to that total return scenario mm -hmm. where, you know, blue chips will pay for you to stick around at the very least. And that's why you want them. Right. That's what the appeal is. You get some income along the way. Maybe you reinvest it, but you still get you still get this additional bonus mm -hmm. um, for, for, for holding them and, and uh, having them in your portfolio. 
So okay. that's how they keep you around. Um, but then the, the, the new growth companies, now that's totally different. Now you're really talking about, you know, the FANG stocks, you know, Facebook and Amazon and Netflix. Tesla. Tesla. Yeah. There you go. You know, all of those names. Yeah. Those okay. are your growth stocks. So thanks for letting me go through that because we're going to try and knock all three of these out, you know, pretty quickly. But yeah, that's the idea. So now we're talking about comfort. Okay. This is the word, key word, comfort. So is it a CD at a bank, government security, blue chip stock, or a stock in a growth company that would make you most comfortable? Blue chip for me. I'm also going with blue chip. Okay. Kyle, don't cheat off of us. I mean, most comfortable would be the lowest risk, which I assume would be a CD, number one, because I know that money's not going anywhere, uh, guaranteed. That's why I want your honest answer. That's yeah, why. I mean, that, that makes me most comfortable because I know that I'm not losing any money. Okay. okay. He's resting easy at night, folks. He's resting <laughs> easy. Yeah. Okay. So now the next one is, which one would you least like to own? Same ones. CD for me. CD for me as well. CD for me as well. Yeah, I'd go with number four. Okay. What? Wait a minute, Kyle. You want wait a minute. You just went for it. You you want CD makes you most comfortable, but it's also no, the one. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There there is a part of it where number one in this case would be growth companies. Number two would be blue chip. They kind of reverse the order. So okay, blue chip, and then government oh, security oh. is number three. And CD is number four. Yeah. So, yeah. so Kyle went with number one. No, I went with CD. I would feel he most comfortable. He doesn't want to own the CD, and it would make him comfortable. Correct. Yep. So you don't want to own it, but it makes you comfortable. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just Isn't that kind of like an oxymoron? Just, just because something's comfortable doesn't mean you want it. True words. That's very true, Gary. It actually kind of oh, makes sense. Okay. Okay. Right. I, I'm not going to argue that statement. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to argue. You outside your comfort zone to grow. Right. So, so really, right. he's saying that he feels comfortable knowing that the money yeah. is secure, but he would also would like to make more money, but he would rather be more comfortable than make more money later on. I, I, now, I got I get sitting it. in my armchair watching TV, but that's not going to get, <laughs> get me anywhere in life. So it, you know, it actually, so, so everybody's doing number four, the CD. Everybody's yeah. doing four. Yes, that yeah. explanation was actually pretty deep, Kyle. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> give it. It was, it was, it was deep. It literally is the most profound thing you got, you guys have said so far. It is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, one, that one bent my mind like the spoon in the Matrix. <laughs> That's where you guys just took me. There is no oh, spoon. <laughs> All right. So the last one of these is, you know, um, which investment do you think is most ideal for your portfolio? Same one. Number one, CD. Number two, government security. Number three, blue chip. Number four, stocks with uh, new growth potential. I'm going to go with four. Stocks with new growth. Four. Four also. All right. All right. And uh, 
How optimistic are you about the long-term prospects for the economy? Uh. <laughs> Number one. This conversation is going to take a, a downside downturn. <laughs> 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 I'm going to go with number two, unsure. I'm going to try to be okay, not okay, so, so pessimistic and be like, I'm just unsure. So so everybody's listening. Hold on. Everybody's listening. So number one is very pessimistic. Mm-hmm. Number two is unsure. Number three is somewhat optimistic. And number four is very optimistic. So, yeah, tough question, right? Yeah. yeah, it's a tough question because I think there's two factors. If you look at the stock market, you would say you're very optimistic, right? Because everything seems to be growing and, and they're making new highs every day. But then when you look at, you know, how the economy is doing with people's job losses, you'd say you're very pessimistic. So I guess for me, I'm going to say I'm sure. Okay. okay. I'm going to I'm gonna go with number four, very optimistic. It's following that trend. We We've got a... I believe in the American work spirit, so I'll go with number four. Okay, gotcha. There's opportunity gotcha. out there. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, whatever, whatever breakfast cereal you eat, um, <laughs> send me a box. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't eat cereal. I don't eat cereal. That's the problem. Eats, he eats optimism. That's what. That's the secret. <laughs> He's lightheaded right now. He hasn't eaten it. <laughs> 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 now there again there's no wrong answer at all guys yeah. this is this is your risk threshold these are your you gotta own these answers after this too by the way right you yeah no. <laughs> i'm thinking my original number is real real low let's okay. see where this is going <laughs> okay um you're on to something uh <laughs> all right last question on the sheet which of the following best describes your attitude about investments outside the U.S.? You're unsure, number one. Number two, I believe the U.S. economy and foreign markets are interdependent, meaning they, they depend on each other. Everybody kind of has to work together. And number three, you know, I believe overseas markets provide attractive investment opportunities. I say two. All right. I'm going to say one. Unsure. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with one also. I don't know enough about it. Okay. Oh, come on, Mr. Four. How did Mr. <laughs> Four come up with one? Boy, oh, boy. Okay. Guys, uh, does anybody have a calculator handy to help me out? Yep. Okay, let me do a little bit of adding, but while I do some some addition, quick addition, quick math over here, um, Walter, can I ask you if this exercise, do you think that this exercise has brought about anything that has, you know, kind of, edu- you, you've been educated on, anything like that, anything positive about it? Because I know you can tell me all the things I did wrong. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> you call me critical uh, no I, you know one of Walter's strengths <laughs> on a scale of one to four I would say <laughs> no I you know I, I think de- de- defining everything that's been going on you know breaking it down and making us understand because I think what we do is we assume that income is something that we need right now when we're still working 
right? And that was a mistake that I made, which was, oh, my income. So I want my income to keep coming in, but I don't need it right now. So that's something that kind of educated me on that. You know, uh, we have to start thinking uh, more long term and start, you know, saying, hey, this is something that we need to know is happening, but we don't need to be so um, focused on, laser focused on, if that makes any sense. Unless your plan is not to work. Oh, yes. It's to retire. Yeah. You know, they have uh, the what is it? The fire movement, you know, uh, financial yeah. independence, retire early. So those people are trying to get out of, out of working in like a year or two, you know what I mean? And then live off of their income. Um, me personally, I don't see that happening, like we said, for like 10 plus years. And, and plus, I like what I do. So I'm, I'm good with it. OK, well, thanks for thanks for that. Somebody grab a calculator real quick. Let's add up Walter's score first. Okay. And then we'll do Gary and then we'll do Kyle. Okay. Okay. All right. So so Walter, your first number is a nine. So that just goes down as a nine. We multiply that by one. So that's nine. Mm-hmm. But uh financial goals was a sixteen. So we gotta multiply that by two. And yeah, I'm smart enough. That's a thirty-two, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. sorry. Let me do that. But then the third one, multiply by three. Can you multiply 26 times three? That is 78. Mm-hmm. So I got a total right. of 119. All right. And you, you, you added that to 119? Yeah, 119. All right. All right, great. And then, uh, Gary, your first number is an eight. Your second number is a 22. And then your third number should be 57 then. 57? Oh, no. Oh, you're you're multiplying it already. I'm multiplying by three, yes. Okay. I was like, what? 19 19 (laughs) 500. (laughs) So Gary's number is 109. Okay. We got a 109 there. And then Kyle. Okay. So you got a 10. To start with, you got a 32 in section two, and then 21 times three is 63. Yep. Kyle, you got a 105. Okay, so so here's what these numbers mean. And again, just to recap, you know, Walter, you're at a 119. Gary, you're at a 109. And Kyle, you're at a 105. Now let's 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 just synthesize this and try and bring it home. There's about five different groups of uh, investment risk levels. The first one is income with capital preservation. Again, that is you preserving your money. You've already built your wealth, so to speak. You don't want it to go away. Okay. Uh, Number two is, you know, income with moderate growth. Okay. And then the the third one is growth with income. Then the fourth is just straight up growth. And then the the uh, the fifth one is aggressive growth. OK. And so. With a 119. Walter, you are in the aggressive growth category. OK. okay. Not a seven. OK. Seven would be, you know. Kind, you know, growth oriented, of course, Mm -hmm. but it wouldn't be aggressive. Hmm. But actually, you're 
you're you're coming out as aggressive, which means there's no need for current income, focused on aggressive growth, highest of the risk tolerance, long investment horizon. Hmm. Okay. That's you. Well, so the funny thing based on these answers. Well, the, yeah, now, see, that's on. that's funny because I've actually been investing kind of more moderate. Like I've been I was excited about um uh uh you know dividends and dividend stocks and blue chips like the Johnson and Johnson and stuff like that. You know, yeah. but then I'm I'm like, oh okay, cool, let me just go get some, you know, Apple here or you know, Netflix too. So okay. But but this is based off of today. It's not right. based off of true. True. Before when we yeah, had, you, you, we had, you have that stuff now, right? So you can be more aggressive, right? Maybe that's what it, yeah. But go ahead. Interesting, interesting. Okay, now the the, the uh, you know, Kyle and Gary, y'all, you two fall in the same bucket, but your threes and fours are nowhere close. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Your threes and fours are nowhere close. You are in the growth bucket from 100 to 114. So your characteristics are, you know, little need for current income, focus on growth, high risk tolerance, intermediate investment horizon. Okay. Okay. Those are, you know, that's still growth. You know, that's still mm-hmm. growth. So your three, Gary, is nowhere close. You're the wrong. You, you are the most wrong today. Oh, you so I'm like a seven. Yeah. Well, you're yeah. You're somewhere seven, eight. You oh, know, Walter's oh. like a nine, ten. You know, mm. like that's mm. what it is. And Kyle, who totally yeah. thought he was conservative too, yeah, is bringing up the rear. And, yeah. and, and, and I gotta say, did we do my math right? <laughs> <laughs> I think my calculator is not working. (laughs) (laughs) But guys, no, um, in all seriousness, it's a really important conversation that every advisor has to have. And I just want you guys to know this. Let me bend the spoon back a little bit. You can have one more than one risk tolerance. Mm. Mm -hmm. Going back to what Walter was saying earlier, when you become an entrepreneur as a dentist, you take risk and you are investing money. Mm-hmm. And so there is a high level of risk. You know, you are kind of being pretty aggressive in the first place there. So when you think you're being conservative, you know, that's fine. But you don't have to be as uh, uh, mystified by the word risk. Hopefully. Mm-hmm this conversation Hmm. you know you can have different buckets of assets with different risk thresholds and that's exactly what you know i would consider somebody you know that's that's savvy you know Mm -hmm. if you're if you take a savvy approach to this stuff you should have a couple of different risk threshold buckets and hope you have enough money to fill them you know, it's it's tough to have 10 bucks in each of them, you know, but mm-hmm. obviously, you know, the idea is that when you invest, you have to look at what your exposure is and what your risks are and really be conscious of that, you know, and try and be consistent with where your actual risk tolerance is. Um, and so the next step would be, a, you know, to take this and try and synthesize it into a financial plan. 
assuming your risk tolerance now. Mm. You see? That's what, you know, this would be the first step. But the second step after this, to me, the logical one would be to put together a financial plan and say, okay, what does my, what do my assets look like over time if I take this approach? And if I grow my money at the rate um, commensurate with my risk level. So I just wanted to share that part with you. Again, there are no wrong answers unless you're just not being truthful with me or yourself. You see what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. Let me ask a question. Um, when it comes to this, uh, this test, would you then let your uh, clients take this every year, every five years, every 10 years? How many times do they take this? Because I'm guessing that as, t- as we go on in, in time and, and maybe have more um, responsibilities, uh, our, our risk tolerance kind of changes. Oh, perfect question. And you just answered it. Uh, I, I definitely recommend it every time there's a life-changing event. You know, so you have a child, you get married, um, you know, new job, whatever it is, um, you should try to recalibrate, you know, but you're just recalibrating, but you got to start somewhere. Right. You got to have a, you have, a, you have to have a, 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 an awareness about investing in the first place and what risk you were willing to tolerate early because it might change. You know, I've seen people change their risk thresholds for sure. Right. What I find interesting is that we each thought that uh, we were more conservative with with our or how we felt about ourselves as investing Mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to like what it actually is. Yeah. Mm hmm. That's and if you had to, if you had to invest, I bet it would be a lot more conservative because right. your level of knowledge and skill in the industry just isn't necessarily there. So therefore, you know, an advisor kind of becomes even more of a, of a helpful tool for you. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're not everything, you know, but we are certainly a part of the equation to help you get to your goals. So, so, you, so you guys are like priests. Well, okay, Gary, that was not going to say that. That was actually a horrible, horrible idea. Okay, that was bad. Okay, no, the no, guy, you're the guide. I was going to say, I was going to say more, I was going to say more of like a personal trainer, Gary, than a priest. <laughs> a personal trainer pushes you past your comfort level, Gary, not a priest. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, I, I'm sorry for anybody listening. <laughs> I uh, I help people. Yes, okay? yes, you do. do. Like a personal so, trainer. So, so, so you're like a money dentist. What? Because uh, we help people. Okay. Yes, going with that analogy, what do you mean? You're 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 the 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 dentist of of finance. The, what does that mean? You're say you're 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 saving people's futures financially while we were saving teeth okay one patient at a time uh, only if that's their goal so, so I'll, I'll just extend that i don't even know already, why you're entertaining i this. already took the deepest comment of the, the podcast really sure did. Trying to one up I, I am i'm really trying i'm really trying <laughs> 
gay. I would say, I would say, I would say number one, you know, no dentist walks in the office and starts uh, recommending dentures, okay, or dental implants or something like that right away. They do um, x-rays, you know, they start poking around in your mouth with that pointy thing. What's that called? An explorer. <laughs> We're exploring the mouth. <laughs> the poker. <laughs> that's, what we, that's what we call it behind the closed doors, the poker. <laughs> We've lost all credibility for this podcast. John, John, let me just get back. Let's bring this back. Uh, so <laughs> let's, just, let's just bring this back, please. How do we sum up this? You know, after you take this, what are some of the next steps that you'd recommend? Uh, and and then how do they reach out to you so that they can even take this test on their own and go from there? Ah, um, next steps after this, I kind of answered. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I think the natural next step would be, you know, to do a financial plan. Right. You know, I can't necessarily even recommend you know, what kind of account to open up. I mean, there's so many different kinds, you know, there's regular investment accounts and then there's, you know, there's IRAs and then there's annuities. I mean, there's all different kinds of products that you can, and and accounts that you can open. Right. So I would say planning would be the next part that you go into. And all of this doesn't have to take forever, Right. but it is, you know, it is part of the process. So, um, you know, if you want to get in touch with me, please. Uh, so I have a website, you know, it's uh, thebrownservicesgroup.com. And, uh, you know, my contact information is on that site. Uh, you can contact me directly from the contact information on that site. So that's thebrownservicesgroup.com. Okay. T-H-D, the one and only brown services group (laughs) perfect perfect well thank you so much for uh uh, coming on here and and basically showing us that we are we don't know ourselves as 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 well as we thought we did right uh because i want to say gentlemen we were all completely wrong about our risk tolerance absolutely right and it's been a a pleasure and, and 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 walter just make sure you let me uh get in my uh disclosure at the end but oh yeah, absolutely you got yourself yeah, yeah. At all. yeah yeah no absolutely <laughs> go ahead uh, you know and, and i know that you're very professional unlike uh, unlike us uh so 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 let's, i didn't call me out directly no 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 just <laughs> I mean, gary please <laughs> uh but no but no uh mr brown please go ahead and uh, just wrap it up for us and just let us know you know um Anything else that we need to know before we um... okay. so so the disclosures are this okay securities offered through IFP Securities LLC DBA Independent Financial Partners IFP member Finra Sipic investment advice offered through IFP Advisors LLC DBA Independent Financial Partners IFP a registered investment advisor. IFP and the Brown Services Group LLC are not affiliated. The views expressed are that of the host and are for informational purposes only and in no event should be construed as an offer to buy or sell securities. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and do not take into account particular investment objectives financial situation or needs of individual investors. Neither IFP Advisors LLC, IFP Securities LLC, 
DBA Independent Financial Partners, IFP, (laughs) nor their affiliates offer tax or legal advice. Interested parties are strongly encouraged to seek advice from qualified tax and or legal experts regarding the best options for their particular circumstances. Now you understand that statement, though. See, well, that just shows how professional you are. So we definitely appreciate that. You just made my job a lot easier. Thank you so much <laughs> for coming on. So I don't have to get any emails about anything, you know. <laughs> so definitely appreciate you coming on. We we absolutely had an awesome time with you. Uh, and I I I mean I I'm gonna say that we all learned a lot, guys. Right? Definitely, definitely. Awesome, awesome. Feel free to have me back. I appreciate you, man. We definitely will. Maybe we can talk about that financial planning piece. I have an exercise for that too. Awesome, we'll do it, and uh, I'll make sure that um, Dr. Dennis, you 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 show up on time. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm on time. You yeah, on time. I'm gonna, <laughs> my man. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna mark my calendar twice. <laughs> Put an alarm in there or something. You know, everybody knows how much fun we have on this podcast. So honestly, <laughs> thank you for entertaining us, and thank you for educating us as well. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Fellas, have a good one, okay? Yes, you too. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R E A L, dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.